Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And today's special guest, we have Ben Horn. Hey, Ben. Hey, thanks for having me. It's awesome. Hey, we're <laughs> super excited to chat with you. You've been one of our requested guests. So thank every you for time, taking- <laughs> every time we ask who should we get on, everyone's like, Ben Horn, Ben Horn. That's cool, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. Before we get started, can you kind of give uh, some of our listeners who may not know you kind of a background in yourself and how you got started in photography? So I've I've been interested in photography for quite a while. I mean, ever since I was a kid, mm. um, back in the uh, the days of film, which are still the days of film. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, right. But you know, going on like camping trips and stuff like that, and I had like little little point and shoot film camera I'd use and. Uh, I have no clue where those photos are, but it'd be kind of cool to look mm. back at them and see if there's anything there at all. But uh, <laughs> but then uh, kind of uh, digital came out when I was back in uh, in high school. It's kind of when digital first started coming out. So didn't really shoot much film at that point, but sort of got into it with digital for a while. And then uh, I kind of rode that, that initial wave where everything was kind of starting out with digital. Everything was new and exciting Same. and yeah. new camera was so much better than the last one. Uh-huh. <sighs> And at a certain point, I just, I wasn't really satisfied with what I was doing. And then uh, a friend of mine suggested that I should look into getting a four by five camera. Cause at that point I was kind of interested in shooting some landscape stuff. And uh, I had never thought of it before. Um, and leading up to that, I was helping all kinds of photographers sell their old film equipment on eBay. So I had huh. the opportunity to work with, you know, medium format cameras, large format cameras, all oh, kinds nice, of stuff. Nice. And uh, so I, decided to get a four by five camera and take it on a trip alongside a really fancy digital camera. And that was kind of the last time I used a fancy digital camera. I just kind of <laughs> fell in love with the process. And, and I've been doing that. That was in uh, 2009 is kind of when I started shooting large format. And uh, that's what I've been doing ever since then. Wow. That's so cool. So you were saying you, you were helping people sell their film cameras? Yeah. Yeah. So um, some local photographers here in San Diego, um, you know, they were, you know, as digital was starting to become pretty decent, they had this old film gear that's just kind of gathering dust. Wow. And uh, so at the time I had, you know, sold a bunch of stuff on, on eBay. So I was kind of helping them out with that. They're coming to me and I was, you know, listing it on eBay. But in the process of doing that, I had to go through all the equipment, check it all out. And I had no clue really what any of this stuff was. Sure. I mean, I remember just going through and, you know, just doing the best I could to see if it was working or not. But, you know, I was, I was working with like Hasselblad cameras, some Toyo four by five cameras, um, some really fancy stuff. So it was then that, you know, when I eventually had the, um, the suggestion that I should buy a four by five camera that I kind of thought back to hey, there's a really cool Toyo four by five camera that, that I, I <laughs> sold that knew. one time and I liked that camera. So I just went and, and bought one on eBay. So it'd be cool if it was the same camera. Yeah. You know, doubt it. Yeah. But, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so that was kind of how I how I got started with that and how I kind of learned it by kind of getting hands on with all the equipment as all these photographers were dumping it and, you know, buying eight megapixel digital cameras. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I was like I sold my Mamiya 645 and I think I had at the time like a 10D that was like six megapixels. Mm-hmm. So what a mistake that was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, everything was so shiny and new and yeah. fancy. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, there's, there's obviously something to, to working with film that is so enjoyable. I, I guess for certain people, for certain professions and stuff, obviously digital is a good right. way to go, but a lot of photographers, I know they will shoot film for their own personal photography. They might shoot digital for the professional stuff. If that's mm-hmm. what the client needs. Um, so that's, I think one of the cool things about shooting film now is that the people who shoot film, they want to shoot film instead of in the right. past, they, they had to shoot they film. Had, yeah. And so I think, I think film shooters, I mean, they, they kind of have to know digital as well as film. So you have to be kind of pretty well rounded. And I think you, you kind of get the best of both worlds, which is kind of cool. How did your whole style evolve when you were shooting digital? Was it like landscape stuff or did you kind of just like go through the racket and then kind of fall in love with the landscape stuff? Cause it, yeah. 
it, it, it was the landscape stuff that I was, that I was, it was? interested okay. in. Yeah, here, here in San Diego along the coast, there's some pretty cool stretches of coast where, you know, things are changing from day to day as the sand kind of moves in and out. And then, mm. the, you know, the high tide, the low tide and kind of reveals new stuff. So I'd go down there a lot and I'd, uh, I'd shoot a lot with the, the digital setup. And so I kind of knew that the landscape stuff was what I wanted to shoot, but I didn't really have the sense of discipline that I probably needed. And I think that's one of the things that really attracted me to working with, uh, you know, the large format setup is that it just yeah. kind of, it forces you to have that sense of discipline and there's really no getting around it. You know, if you want to get that shot, you got to think ahead of the light. You got to, you really got to work for it. And I think that was one of the things that really attracted me to it. You really do have to work for it. Like I would, anytime I pull out the four or five and make some photos with it, I'm always so proud of them because it's like a, it's definitely a 30 minute process at, at least, you know, oh, yeah. like by finding a composition and doing this and checking the light and you know it's like you really instead of just blasting 15 shots and then fixing the raw file and post there's definitely yeah 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 Yeah, it makes you it makes you think ahead um Mm. it, it makes you i think more kind of accountable for your own choices and when things go great it's it's fantastic because you know that i mean if i'm standing in an area and if it's a particular scene i've wanted to photograph for a while and if i make all the right decisions if i have the great light if everything works out great i know that it's all of my decisions that kind of led to that photo and i think i'm going to look at that photo with with more respect i'm not going to you know uh, resent that photo looking back at it. If it was, you know, if it was a photo I shot five years ago on kind of an older digital camera, I might say, oh man, it would be better if I shot it with the latest, greatest camera. And it might make me kind of think twice about my own work and kind of doubt myself. But, you know, it's great when things turn out great, but also if things don't turn out very well, when you shoot film, you learn lessons really fast and you try to avoid whatever it was. And, uh, so there's that aspect as well. I mean, I learn far more from when something doesn't turn out right than when something does turn right. And there's so many different ways to mess things up. So there's lots of learning, <laughs> yeah. lots of forced learning for sure. I was um, diving into your YouTube channel again today. And one of the things that stuck out to me now that you, you say that is, you know, you, you say like this was an, uh, a learning experience or this was a good exercise. And I just thought that was so interesting because a lot of times, you know, we we get bummed out and like, you know, especially if you, you know, drive into the mountains or like, or, you know, braving the weather and then you took five shots, you're not sure if they came out and you just had that perspective of like, either way, I'm going to learn something. And I just thought that was like so refreshing. And so just to take that away to be like, you're right, I should not stop being so hard on myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I was, I'm actually working on like writing an article for something. And and one of the things has to do with kind of how, how we learn on things. And I kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, there's, there's a photo I shot early on and it's the oldest photo in my portfolio. So it was from that first trip that I went on back in 2009 and it was kind of a rushed scene to set up. I, I went ahead and set up for the scene, shot the photo. Everything turned out great. And I made all the right decisions on it, which is pretty crazy given that it was like my first time <laughs> yeah. using a large yeah. format camera on a trip like that. But looking back on it, I would not change any decisions. I'm really happy with how it turned out. But what was kind of strange is that the success of that photo kind of haunted me for many years because mm-hmm. I didn't really learn anything from it. All I learned is that here's a formula that you follow if you want it to turn out right. Yeah. But that it kind of led me to going down different paths and trying to, you know, pursue different subjects that I thought might be good, but it just, it was, you know, it lacked whatever it was that that first scene had versus if I look at a scene where it turned out miserable and I, you know, walk away from it, maybe I don't even shoot a photo. You know, I learned something from that that I take on to the next scene. So it's definitely when things don't go right that we learn better because from the success, we only kind of learn what worked in the past, but, you know, it's it's kind of strange the way that works, but I think that's something about film. It kind of mm-hmm. forces you to learn in a different way, which is kind of cool. I think it's so funny just hearing you say that about your first shot because I feel like the the photo gods in quotes, I think they <laughs> they give us one at the beginning when we're getting into something. They're like, oh, We're yeah. gonna give him a really good one here. And then <laughs> so we're just like hooked, you know, we're like cause that's yep. how I feel like like my first time going out with the four by five was the same. Like I nailed one of my favorite photos still to this day, and I'm just like, Man, like it just keeps you going on it, it keeps making you wanna 
you know, try different things. And it, it just gave me the confidence to, to keep going in it because it could easily turned out terrible. And I could have been like, this is too much for me right now. I need to set this thing down. Right. But, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, cool. it's, you know, something, something like that where you just like, you know, this, this isn't all that difficult. You know, what, what's, yeah, yeah. what, what's, what was so intimidating about this process when everything just turned out perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, it's going to be followed by a, a photo shoot where it's just absolutely horrendous. So, it's, oh, yeah. It, yeah, you know, yeah. life has a way of teaching you lessons like that. Mm-hmm. So it that's it, it's never dull moment. That's for sure. Absolutely. So true. So, Ben, what brought you to YouTube? How did that transition come about? Um, so that happened way back when. I mean, if you dig deep to some of the like first videos, they're bad. They're, <laughs> they're, they're comically bad. They're, they're filmed on like a little elf Canon point and shoot mm. camera. Uh, it did like 720p. So it was like not nice. even high definition. Um, <laughs> and it was... Basically, uh, I was trying to do a a written blog and Mm. I just found that I was just, you know, had writer's block every single time. I couldn't, I mean, I'm going to the same places over and over again and trying to find things, but I was writing the same thing over and over again. And it just wasn't really, I I just felt like I was writing the same thing. It just, it wasn't, I wasn't good at it. So uh, instead of doing that, I ended up just taking along a little, little point shoot camera, recording some little video clips and put them together. And that was back in late 2009 is when I started that. Wow. And no one was doing that at the time. Like the whole vlogging thing that didn't exist. Um, I, I still don't really like that word. I tried to try to avoid <laughs> yeah. using the word vlog. Um, but yeah, so I just started calling them video journals where I just record video so I didn't have to write about the trip. And it just kind of grew from year to year. And, and as the technology increased mm-hmm. with like, you know, DSLR is doing video and, and everything else. And, um, and I, I just I do enjoy the process of sort of telling the story behind the yeah. trip, because I think. You know, when it comes to people looking at a photo, I think sometimes people are curious about the story of what led up to it and the honest story, not the, you know, heroic stories that people right. will sometimes tell, <laughs> but the the honest story of like, you know, this is a photo I shot before I went home because I was having a miserable day and there was an angry cow in the canyon, which which did happen this past spring. Uh, so, so stuff along those lines. And uh, it's, I, I just really enjoy the, the video aspect of it because it, uh, makes you think a little bit differently than photography. Yeah. So it keeps my mind busy on the trips, which is good because there's a lot of downtime out there. That's that's for sure. Did you ever think it would be what it is today? Isn't that crazy how YouTube kind of exploded yeah. like that? It's It really is crazy. And the, the kind of the, the, the thing with the way I do this stuff on YouTube is it might sound strange, but like, I'm not really a huge fan of having, I, I, I find it weird that people watch the videos. If this is strange, like to me, it's just, I record little video <laughs> clips, I put it out there. And in my own mind, people don't actually watch this stuff. It's just something I put yeah. out there because, <laughs> yeah. cause I approach it as that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. I, I approach it as what I call them in the videos. I call them video journals. And yeah. like, you know, if a person's writing a journal, they're not going to write it so that everyone else in the world can read it. You know, mm-hmm. they're writing it so that they can look back at it, you know, at a later date and kind of see how they've grown. And so I don't really view them as entertainment. I kind of view them more as like a written journal. And in that sense, that's why you never really see me do like the the clickbait video titles, you know, the right. five secrets yeah. you need for photography. Because that stuff is really designed to attract a lot of attention and views. And I'm, I'm kind of more the type of person that kind of wants to kind of fly under the radar a little bit and just kind of do what I have to do to kind of tell the story and, and do that. But I don't really want to stand out from the crowd too much because I have a feeling that that would probably have a negative impact on on my own photography. And sure. I really want to keep it about the photography itself. Yeah, that makes that makes complete sense because I, I feel like we talk about it a bunch on here. We've had a couple people that have YouTube channels and stuff and you know, the social media game is yeah. is terrible. Like it's such a I mean I hate I hate talking crap like on anything, but then, you know, I also know how it makes me feel when I, I'm sitting out. It was like one morning I'm drinking my coffee with my girlfriend on the porch and I'm like man, I guess I really need to dedicate like an hour to Instagram every morning and an hour mm-hmm. to Instagram every night. And it's like, oh, that's awful. Like, that doesn't sound fun. You know, yeah, like it I becomes just... work. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's actually one of the things with with photography is I, I never actually set out uh, to pursue photography as a career. Mm. Um, I always wanted to reserve it as something I do kind of in the background on the side yes. and keep it yeah. something enjoyable. 
And I figured, because if I were to do it as a career, I figured I would take something I love and make it into something that I resent. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I've kind of approached social media and YouTube the way I do, where if it's not something I enjoy, I don't really want to do it. So I kind of keep it something I actually do enjoy doing. And uh, that's, that's one of the great things, though, about social media is that there are so many different kind of like little niche categories and all sorts yeah. of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, the film community is fantastic in that regard that, you know, if you have enough people watching the stuff, you can make it into something that is a career and at the same time, enjoy it. But yeah, I don't, I definitely don't like playing all the various sort of social media attention grabbing tactic <laughs> game <laughs> stuff. That's that takes the fun out of it. It's not right. fun it anymore. It yeah. Does. So it makes it into work. Let's get this video to 15,000 likes and I'll take a picture of this redwood tree. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I can see you doing that. (laughs) Can you imagine? I can't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's to to me, that's just like the opposite of why I like going out to these areas because I go out there. I'm like, I'm the only one in some of these areas. I have it all to myself. And that's 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 the really the enjoyable part about it all. And uh, yeah, the social media, it's kind of comes with it. But yeah, def- definitely. I don't think should be the focus. I do want to tell you, Ben, your your videos are so well done. I was telling Timothy before yeah, we got on, real. I was like, just the the like the patience and dedication to because you're out in the woods by yourself, but it doesn't look like it, it looks like you have a team, you know? <laughs> yeah, which is like I think- super inspiring because I hate setting up shots by myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely appreciate that. I, I think some of that just comes with having done this for a while and constantly trying to sort of challenge myself to do something a little different it kind of evolves to stuff and you kind of figure out a formula of, of what works and kind of what you need in order to uh, record enough video to make it work but there's a lot of times when I'm out in the field and I just I don't feel like doing video I mean yeah. I'm, in reality if, if anyone has tried doing video and has also tried doing large format photography, especially shooting slide film where everything has to be perfect. Yeah. That it's it's honestly too much to juggle. Right. Um and so that's why for me photography is always gonna be the primary thing. But the video side of things, like I'll record video after I've already taken the photo, but I'll say I haven't shot the photo yet. So I can kind of get that clip. (laughs) A little cheap. Um, Yeah, totally. Cause (laughs) like, you know, it's 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 all part of the story. It's just telling the story. But I definitely don't want to be where I, I juggle too much. But at the same time, I like the challenge of trying something kind of new and different techniques. And I've got some some fun stuff planned for, for Zion uh, when I head out there next week. Oh, some, yes, some cool yes. stuff. Yeah. Annual pilgrimage out there. Man, I love that. I love that you have kind of kind of that like yearly thing going on. Like that's I, I need to do I need to do something like that. I need to carve myself a couple weeks a mm-hmm. year to go do something like a, a road trip or a something yeah. you know something different because it it definitely when you're like in the same town like I am I, I shoot the same town all the time I just walk around and shoot the people and talk to the people and uh, it's like the same thing all the time it definitely gets definitely gets monotonous and and you know you get burned out doing that stuff so and I think that's one of the reasons why I do hardly any local shooting because mm. I, I need to be in a certain mindset. I need to be, I, I think I've, what I've kind of figured out is I need to be like many, many hours away from home as far as a drive to the yeah. point where if something's not going right, I can't just say, hey, I'm going home. I'm going you know, yeah. it, yeah. it, it makes me <laughs> think about it overnight. I mean, because I've done the math on, on times where, you know, I'll be in Zion, which is eight hour drive away from San Diego. I'll be out there, you know, day's not going great. I don't have any good photos. I don't have a good feeling for the trip. At some point, I look down at my watch. I'm like, okay, if I leave right now, I'd get home by about 3.30 a.m. Yep. That is not a valid option. Nope. So we're going to stick it out one more day. So I, I think I need to force myself to kind of stay in that zone. And locally, I think I just kind of have a hard time with that because I would be too quick to just uh, yeah. make that drive home mm-hmm. and get a warm dinner. Yeah, I kind of like that idea of like, this is what we're doing. We're going far away so we can't turn back like this is the trip this is what we're gonna do yeah just just because otherwise like you said I, i'm always one who's like i oh, forget it i'll just go home <laughs> yeah. you know for sure yeah let's back up a little bit what how did you get into the eight by ten you were you stopped kind of at four by five and then what was it just kind of like a level up or you saw yeah. those cameras and wanted to try that or how, what, what brought you to the eight by 10? Cause that's pretty much, you know, I mean, not everybody's shooting eight by 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and first let me say the eight by 10, it's, it's honestly ridiculous. Um, I mean, <laughs> it it's, is. Yeah. It, it has its place. 
Um, but people email me sometimes saying, hey, I'm shooting four by five now. I'm thinking about going eight by 10. And, and my usual thing is four by five is plenty fine. Eight yeah. by 10 is honestly ridiculous. The <laughs> It's so much more finicky as far as setting up the focus and everything. Depth of field's a pain. The lenses are huge. Uh, the cameras are sensitive to wind. But that stuff can also be good if you really want to have those limitations that give you that sense of creativity. Yeah. So it's it's not for an image quality standpoint. Um, I mean, I some of the early shots I took on 4x5, I have had them drum scan. They, they print huge. They look beautiful. And if anything, you can actually see the grain on the 4x5 if you do like a really big print. On 8x10, yeah. it's still so fine. You don't see it where it doesn't look as film-like in some oh, ways. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but after I, I had the 4x5 for, I think I had it for about a year. And then after having it a year, I'm already like, all right, it's time for 8x10. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it's just something deep down I always wanted to have. Um, I'd seen some prints from uh, Michael Fatali who had taken um, them. He'd shot them all on uh, on 8x10 slide film. And I just remember seeing those prints and going like, wow, you know, that's amazing. And I feel like I should be using the same tools that were, you know, kind of used for making those photos. And so I, I went in that direction and had both 4x5 and 8x10 for a while. But, you know, eventually I just uh, sold off the 4x5 because I wasn't using it and uh, just kept the 8x10. Wow. But it, it is it is honestly, it, it, it is overkill. But at the same time, when you see a transparency that's 8x10 on a light table, yeah. you kind of check it out in a loop. That's addictive. And also seeing that big ground glass, you know, it's yeah. it's it's really nice. So I I see myself sticking with eight by ten for as long as I can carry it. It builds kind of a sense of consistency, which is nice. Um, but it's the limitations. The limitations are are what make it uh make it more rewarding for me to work with. That's great. I love that. Cause I mean, same. I I've been shooting four by five for probably two or three years, I think. And I always, you know, I always get caught in the loop of looking on eBay and Facebook groups and stuff. And it's like, I see the price of just film holders for yeah. 8x10. And I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, my goodness, this is just out of my league. <laughs> like yeah. It's, it's yeah, a wild. Every, everything jumps up so, so oh, yeah. much. And it's and, and pretty soon. I'm just carrying so much stuff on my back. And it's, you know, it's, there are some moments where it's not fun. But, you know, it's it, it is worth it. But I don't necessarily recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Because you fit that whole eight by ten in your backpack, right? When you're yeah, yeah. So I have I have two eight by tens. I have a Arca Swiss, uh, which is a monorail camera, but it folds down to be pretty pretty compact actually. Because the the front and rear standard they kind of compress down onto a little six inch rail, and then that slides off the bigger rail. So I can actually oh, you know okay. drop the camera in my pack and then I just carry the rail separately. Um, but that one's super precise. Uh, everything's geared on it as, you know, focus, uh, movement. So I can set that camera up in the dark, which is uncommon for an eight by 10 camera, just cause everything I can kind of, uh, I, I can just see things and, and work with it so well. Um, but it's not, it's not super, it's not a lightweight camera. I mean, it's lightweight for a, a monorail, but it's, it's got some weight to it. I think it's like, uh, like 13, 14 pounds, something like Oof. that. Yeah, carrying um, that around all, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it's that, and I usually use that camera with my my heavier, faster lenses. So that ends up being a pretty big kit. Um, but I also have uh, Intrepid 8x10, the second generation, and that okay. one weighs, it's like five pounds. Wow. Um, and I use that one with lighter weight lenses. So I'll use that if I'm going on like a backpacking trip or something where I really want to, you know, save some weight, keep it all nice and compact, and I can sort of sacrifice the you know, a little bit of speed on the lenses. Um, so I get a little dimmer ground glass, but it's, it's fine. It's workable. Um, but yeah, those, those are the two cameras I use. They both fold down to be pretty compact. Um, but I, I would carry them both around inside my uh, actual backpacking backpack. So there's like a little padded insert. I drop it in and keep everything all clean and organized in there. I love it. Love it, love it, love <laughs> it. Man, I still remember, I don't know if it was last year or the year before when, you were out and you're, didn't you break like two cameras yeah. in one oh, year? Yeah. yeah. Over Man. a span of like a one month time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I just remember my heart breaking and I, I was like, I don't even, I couldn't even imagine how you feel right now. <laughs> you know, it was, it was kind of interesting because the, the first camera I destroyed, it was a, it was an ebony camera and beautiful mm. camera. I mean, I, I love yeah. that camera. Um, but that company, they, they went away. Um, the, basically the, the owner retired and no one else wanted to take over the company, but they made these beautiful cameras. And, and I bought that camera, uh, in 2009. 
Um, I bought it used, but it was in like mint condition. Uh, but I used that one all the way till 2017 and uh, it got blown over in the middle of the night by wind. But it, it was kind of it was kind of crazy because I, I, I knew the camera was probably going to be in, in pieces because I, I leave the cameras out overnight <laughs> for sunrise photos. I weighted it down with a lot of weight yeah. of rocks. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, it, it was kind of funny because it was and there's a picture of it on my website. It's on the ground. It's shattered in pieces. But it was also incredibly photogenic. I mean, there's like yeah. this crazy storm cloud <laughs> in the background. And my first reaction when I saw that was like, oh, I guess I don't have to shoot any photos today, which is not like sometimes people <laughs> might be like, oh, man, I can't shoot any photos today. But with large format, sometimes there's a lot of work involved. And You're like a little you know, relieved. Yeah, it was kind of weird. There's times when when like the light doesn't work. I'm like, oh, good. I'm off the hook, you know, yeah, because yeah. there's always this mad rush as far as like getting everything set and metering and everything. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I was kind of bummed. I wanted to actually get my video slider and get like this time lapse of like the camera like busted on the ground. But I didn't have to walk back to my truck for that. Yeah, but yeah that, that one was broken, but I carry a, a backup camera with me. And then I used that for the rest of the trip. That was fine. Um, but then I decided to go back to Death Valley for a second round uh, because they had they had some rain that was there. It flooded the salt flats a little bit. And uh, so I set up and uh, that, that camera too, the backup was was destroyed. Um, but I didn't, honestly, that the second camera, I, I honestly didn't really like to begin with. Mm. So it's not <laughs> that I wanted it to be smashed to the ground and, and turned into shrapnel and salty water. But... <laughs> Or that did being you? said, I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I wish right? I had the opportunity to sell it before I decided sure. that yeah, I didn't yeah. want it anymore. But you know, after that came, after that happened, then the Intrepid came out, which is a good lightweight camera, and and uh, and then I, my Ebony camera was repaired by uh, a very talented ph- photographer friend of mine who also is a woodworker and a graffiti artist. Uh, his name is Mike Fink. He's really, really good photographer, but he rebuilt the camera for me, and I used it for a little while after that, and it's as good as it was new, but I also felt like I should probably move on to a different camera where mm. I can obtain spare parts for something right. else happens. Yeah, smart. So I, I, I ended up selling it to a good friend of mine and uh, I will be seeing that camera in Zion this fall. So it'll be a little, little reunion oh, with my old nice. camera. Yeah, so that'll be nice. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, cool. So you're liking the Intrepid then? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty impressive camera. Uh, very lightweight. Um, I had the first generation and now the second generation and both of those cameras, um, I received from Intrepid in exchange for some video work that I did for them. Nice. Um, but I would have bought them anyways because after my second camera was destroyed in Death Valley and that was a lightweight one, uh, I needed to have a lightweight camera to backpack with. But the, the new Intrepid especially, uh, it's a pretty solid little camera uh, yeah. pretty strong setup i'd say just keep the lenses very lightweight on it you know don't don't use any big heavy lenses if you use a lighter weight lens it's it's definitely very stable um but yeah i've i've enjoyed that camera and that's now my backup camera to my arca swiss as well as my backpacking camera when i want to keep things nice and lightweight but i just i just love what intrepid's doing i mean awesome yeah, camera is reasonable same price here. It's it's really cool stuff. Yeah, I was just gonna say I haven't shot four by five since photography school, and that was in two thousand four. So I'm I am always like have my eye on the Intrepid because it's you know obviously more affordable, and I you know I like the idea of like there's customer service if something happens, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's good to know. It's good to know. Yeah, and and the the thing that's kind of interesting is that you know I was um, when I went on a, a spring backpacking trip. There's really one photo I shot, and I shot it with the with the Intrepid. And when I'm under the dark cloth working with the camera, honestly, whether it's the Arca Swiss or whether it's the Intrepid, I I mean they both work generally the same way. And so you have one camera that's a very expensive camera and one that's a very inexpensive camera. They're just lightproof boxes, you know, put right. ones on one side yeah. from a holder mm-hmm. on the other. And I think Intrepid has a really, really nice balance for keeping the materials lightweight, but still giving all the control that we need as photographers. So I, I really it. do like their stuff. Man, awesome. Yeah, we love them. We had we had them on, man, that was forever ago. I know. Seems like, we should get them back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure. That'd be cool. That'd be good to hear. Yeah. Because I don't even think they were doing the 8 by 10 I think they were like, sneak peek in the eight by tens when we had them on man, that was yeah. A ago. yeah yeah that's probably the way i would go if i were to kind of go into the eight by ten realm which i'm sure will happen soon i i want to at least wait until i'm 40 though i need to slow down a little bit i feel like that's like my <laughs> little moderation my, yeah 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 <laughs> man very cool so, yeah, man, there's so many questions just from like watching you for 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 years on on the youtube i i i really love that you do um 
you do the box set prints every every well, what you've been doing it for a couple years now and yeah i started that in 2017 and so the so this will be the the third year i've done a done a box set for the portfolio which is kind of a cool project to work on yeah yeah it's just different you know because everybody does a book and i i remember you doing books and stuff and books are great i i'm all about printing work like that's my mm-hmm. if i could wear a cape and be a superhero be like the printing your work superhero like i'm <laughs> going like <laughs> fly to different photographers for halloween and like, costume now yeah yeah nice <laughs> but it's just it's just a different take i like that i like that you do that it's it's cool it made me want to like you know kind to do like a little box set of prints mm. or something like that just something different yeah it, it's cool because it i mean for me it gives me um sort of a goal for the year i mean to come mm. up with you know 10 solid portfolio shots or you know somewhere in that in that range per year it, it's actually a pretty formidable task as soon as the calendar rolls over and it's like january 1st like the whole like the scoreboard gets like wiped clean and all yep. of a sudden it's kind of like yeah. all right Pressure's on. Yeah, to start over. <laughs> yep. And and like the first winter trip I go on, so I usually go to like Death Valley or Zion or someplace kind of in January. It probably puts a little too much pressure on me because I know that like I I have to like come up with with this solid work and and, and I think as a result my my first trip of the year ends up being uh, one of the most productive where I get like the most photos out of it, even though it, it may not feel like it in the moment. Um, but yeah, I mean I was doing the books for for quite a while and I, I did enjoy the process but they're they're just if you're not unless you're making like huge you know numbers of of books yeah um mm. they're just really expensive to make it's tough yeah. yeah yeah and then the company that i was using they they went away and i tried some other ones but just they were too expensive and the quality wasn't as what i wanted so I just ended up saying, hey, why don't I just print higher quality prints and put them in a box and make a box set portfolio each year. And uh, and it's it's done really well. I mean, it's a ton of work to do throughout the year. And I, uh, I bought a big old uh, Epson wide format paper or printer that uses the roll paper and all that to help oh, okay. yeah, make it a little easier to that. work with. But yeah, so I mean, that's that's really helped out a lot. But it's it's a fun project, but also it's... It definitely is a lot of work, but it's it's something I do enjoy putting together each year. Yeah, I was going to say it's got to be very rewarding. I, I, I Sometimes my brain works in that, that way. Like I had a really great time shooting for my zine specifically. Just like when you have like a, you know, an end goal, like, oh, yeah, you know, it fires you up almost. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, like sometimes like I'll be like looking through my film from the trip. I'm like, all right, this one right here, yep. this one's in the box. That I know in. that's that's a solid <laughs> shot. Then, then there's also some other photos that I might not think of much at the moment, but they kind of come around to me, you know, mm. at the end, I'm like, I, actually, I, I don't hate that photo. So I love you know. when that happens. Yeah. That's like a little bonus surprise that happens. It's like, always wow, nice. I don't hate, I don't hate this one. I thought yep. I did. <laughs> and it, 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 that's the, that's kind of the weird thing about, I think with film in particular is that, you know, you, you put so much effort into all the decisions that lead up to a photo, making sure everything's just right, metering, everything's good. And then I'll look at the photo and be like, I hate it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why did I stand there for three hours? Like, this is not really good. And then you give it like six months, like, this is the best photo I've ever taken. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah. you it's have just to like walk swings away. swings so wildly. Yeah. At a certain point, it just kind of finds whatever, you know, wherever it's at. But that's, I think, something kind of cool about film because you know, you don't see it right away and, and you have that separation from the moment that you shot it. Yeah. I started doing that with, with shooting because, you know, I, I shoot a couple rolls a week and I would develop them. Like, you know, I'd shoot, finish the roll, go home an hour later and develop them and then have them. And it's, yeah, uh, it, it was great. And it's fun to do that, but man, I'll tell you waiting, waiting a couple weeks to develop the film and to, mm-hmm. to take it in. And especially when I, when I flew out to California for the Padilla and stuff like that, like I waited on those roles for a long time. There was even pictures of like, maybe when I went home for Christmas or something like that, yeah. like on some of the roles. And it was just like, man, like they meant so much more kind of waiting it out a little bit. Yeah. That separation for reality. There's mm-hmm. something about that. Yeah. When you forget what's even on the roll. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh for sure. Yeah, I always appreciate your uh when you get your film back and you you pull out the light table and you and you talk about them cuz uh, it always cracks me up cuz you're like, "Yep, I totally missed it on this one." And then like, <laughs> later on down the line you'll be like, "I ended up really liking that photo." Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't like it at first, but now, uh, you know, it really grew on me. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's why I started doing those those mm-hmm. film reveal videos where I just film the reaction. I I film those honestly more for myself. Because yeah. like I look yeah. back and I'm like, 
why did I even like this photo to begin with? Like, I don't even know, you know, but they also end up being kind of a good learning tool for people that, that watch them. I mean, but mm-hmm. I mean, some of those videos, I mean, like, they're like 45 minutes long. I'm oh, like, yeah, who's actually yeah. going to sit here to watch this video of me <laughs> looking at pictures? But, but everyone, like all of us, yeah, Ben. <laughs> people like it. So it's, it's, it's kind of cool like that. So I always, I always do that. The, the lab I get my film developed at, it's uh, about a 45 minute drive from, from there to, my house. So I'll pick up the film, maybe grab some lunch. Meanwhile, the film's just sitting there, just like haunting me, just like, look at me, look at me. But you know, <laughs> but I'm like, no, can't, can't do it. You gotta wait. Yep. So I, I never cheat it. I'm, I'm always looking at it for the first time on video, unless I like mess up the video settings and I have to fake. It. I did that once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love the behind the scenes. <laughs> That's, That's cool. awesome. So do you, do you shoot any other formats? Like, do you do any medium format or 35 or anything like that? Or is it so, just... I used to have a six by 17 camera, uh, the oh, Fuji rad. Yeah. and I love that camera. Awesome camera, but I did not use it enough to justify keeping it. So I yeah. sold it. Um, so yeah, at this point, the only thing I shoot is eight by 10, I sold my four by five, sold the six by 17. Um, I even had a Hasselblad for a while that I was just kind of playing with, but I ended up selling that as well. And it, I think it just kind of keeps things a little, a bit more simple. Yeah. 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 So, so you're like a minimalist. Yeah, minimalist with a heavy camera. Yeah, with a big old <laughs> yeah. camera. <laughs> yeah. But I do like how it has like, you know, sort of consistency through the body of work where they're all the same aspect mm-hmm. ratio. They're all the same general quality. Um, and there's something kind of nice about that. But it's mostly just because I if there's something I'm not using, I just I got to sell it, move it along, give it away. I just yeah. I hate something sitting there not being used. So that's why I have to see it by 10. Not yeah. us, t- me and Timothy. Uh, well, I'm are starting hoarders. to get. I'm starting to have that feeling. Like I'm feeling overwhelmed again with all the stuff I have. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm for sure guilty of like. I mean, I I had uh, some coworkers help me move some furniture the other day, and I was like, oh yeah, I wanted to show you guys my office. Quick, come back in here because they know they're just like, man, you have a new camera with you like every other day, and I'm yeah. like, here, come on in and check this out. And I was like, so this is the cameras that I use on whatever. And then I was yeah. like, I opened up my closet. I'm like, these are the big guns. These are the ones that like mean something to me. Yeah. And they're just nice. like. You're crazy. Yeah. Like who does? And I'm just like, uh. but no, I I get it. I get and I I tell this story. I don't know if I told it on the podcast, but I used to. I, I mean, I'm a musician and I used to play drums in bands all the time. And when I would go like six months or a year without playing, like I wouldn't be playing with anybody at that time. And then when I would get, you know, join a group again or just start playing again. I would be better than I was from not playing every day because of like the want and the desire. Like, mm. yeah, you know, you do these couple trips a year and it's just like you have that hunger inside, like brewing, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. like I can't wait to get there and take photos. Me, on the other hand, I'm like, I have to shoot at least six photos a day or I'm not a photographer. Right, like, right, I right. get so like so crazy about it sometimes. And yeah, I mean, I, I totally get that. I mean, that and that's I mean, that's one of the things where like just like you said, you know, when I go on the trips, it's kind of like. I'm here, you know, I, I put on literally a different hat, but like, I'll, I'll, I'll get there. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm in photographer mode now. I just got to put all my emphasis on that, which I think is also one of the reasons why I like doing just the solo trips. Cause there's no distractions. Yeah. yeah. It's just get there, play a photographer, but yeah. So it's just, you know, there's something kind of nice about that. Do you ever go on these trips without vlogging them? Do you ever just go and take pictures and not put it out for everybody? Um, not really. Um, I mean, the only time was, I, I mean, kind of on my spring trip when I destroyed my video camera in a <laughs> kind of a forced manner. Um, but no, I mean, it's kind of become a part of the process. That's great. Um, and I think there's something about like talking through it. Um, I, I think I would actually feel like I was missing something right. if I didn't have the video set up. I'd be like, there's something, there's something not right here. Yeah. So it just kind of becomes a part of the whole process. Cause I, as much as I love shooting the photos, it can be, it can be a lot of work. It can be kind of tough at times, but when I'm at home editing the videos together with a nice cup of tea, mm-hmm. you know, on kind of a nice warm day, yeah. I love that. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. It's like the creative side. I get that. I- oh, totally. I just can't imagine all the footage that you have. <laughs> That's got to yeah. be so much. And like being off kind of grid with that, that you're just like rolling around with all these like hard drives and SD cards. And man, I would be so overwhelmed. Yeah, it's just, you know, I got to have ways to make sure, you know, keep all the batteries charged, sure, keep everything yeah, going. Yeah. Yeah. The storage actually isn't that bad. I usually maybe about a 64 gigs a day, which sounds like a lot, but it's not too bad because it's in 4K. Um, but I just have oh, a ton yeah. of SD cards, just have a way to charge up batteries and all that. 
but definitely got to stay on top of that because otherwise, uh, yeah, there's mm-hmm. actually when I first started doing this way back one with the little Canon Elf camera, like I had no way to charge the battery. I went on the trip with like one or two batteries yeah. and that was it. And I remember <laughs> there was one hike I went on where like my battery's almost dead. I think this is about and that was it. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> End of the so, trip. Yeah, Roll credits. I've learned a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Timothy and I, we dabble in YouTube, um, yeah. and I definitely know that that trying to separate or not separating, or should I shoot this as a YouTube or not, but I've definitely like gone on trips and been like, I should be vlogging. This is good content. What am I doing? But then it's also like, then I'm not shooting as much. I don't know. It's like a, it's like a tricky... I think your setup tricky. is... Yeah, your, the way you do it is... Um, more conducive to both. Yeah, and that's and I think that's also one of the reasons why I burn out pretty fast too. Because I mean, I've, oh, I've sure. got friends that'll go on trips; they'll be gone for like three weeks out in the field on a shooting trip. I'm like, I honestly have no clue how you do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm like burnt out after five days. I mean, I, I have uh, when I head to Zion next week. I have two weeks of campground reservations. I can guarantee you 100 percent time. I will not be there for you know the full two weeks I, oh, i'll wow. be there for like five six days and then i'll just be like limping around like uh this is horrible you know yeah, then I'll be, yeah. I come, i'm like why did i leave that was so good um it's so, hard yeah it, yeah. yeah it is it really is a lot of work but yeah. uh but it's worth it it's you should do worth like it. the first trip the first leg of the trip vlog and do all that and then the second t- the second half just like relax and like i, go I camping. think go yeah, camping well, yeah what I've what I've learned is that after about and this is something of what I've learned from just going on runs in the morning. Like I can run about five days in a row, and then after that, I'm dead for two days. Yeah, I mean, I'm just absolutely miserable for two days, and I think that's kind of what happens on the trips because I'm just active for so long that after five days, my body's like, we're gonna shut down yeah. here. Yeah, so <laughs> you gotta lay down. And I really for a should second. just relax. You know, just yeah. take a day off, lay in a yeah. hammock, read a book, and I'm sure I'd be good for another five or six days or something like that. So I, I really should do that. Yeah. <laughs> We'll be right back with a question for Ben right after this message from our sponsor. Support for Analog Talk also comes from Polaroid Originals. Go to PolaroidOriginals.com and use the offer code ANALOGTALK10 at checkout to receive 10% off your next purchase. All right, guys, this is the part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from FG.Analog. And he asks, I've noticed you haven't done much, if any, black and white landscape work. Do you have any plans to or no? So I've been threatening to do black and white for a long time. <laughs> threatening, I, I like that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah me too. And, and dun, dun, dun. I've, I've tried it, <laughs> but I've also realized that I am horrible at it. Oh, interesting. Um, I, I need to work on my developing. Um, I tried some trade developing, but my technique was horrible three different times. Um, it's something I, I do want to get into, but I really do need to get the fundamentals down as far as developing it to make sure that... I can actually trust the photos I shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do hope to do. I, I, there's uh, definitely a much bigger, uh, you know, uh, skill set required for shooting black and white than for color. Um, so someday, someday, perhaps I'd love to get into doing like platinum prints and stuff like Ooh, that. Yeah, oh, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> but until then, I'll, I'll stick to my, my comfort zone of, of shooting color because it's just I see in color so much better than in black and white. I get that. Yeah, for sure. All right. So the next question, Ben, is comes from another Ben, Ben dot Brogue, B-R-O-U-G-H. He says, when slash how did you decide to make the jump into full time slash professional photography? So I'm actually not full time yet. Um, mm. I, I work two days a week actually at a camera store. So uh, uh. I graduated college in 2004. And ever since then, I've worked at Nelson Photo in San Diego. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I, I was actually, I've been working there. I was full time for a long time, but uh, year by year, I've been kind of scaling off the day. So I'm down to two days a week now. Um, and I, I am at the point where I could do photography full time, um, but we'll we'll see. Because it's nice to have kind of the balance of, you know, being able to pay the bills, but sure. also being able to do what you like. So uh, two days a week has actually been pretty good, but definitely is my goal to pursue it full time. Um, so that's sort of the, the motto I've been kind of going with is, you know, I'd rather sort of make minimum wage doing what I love, you know, right. landscape photography than uh, pursue some sort of like crazy lucrative career where you make a ton of money. But mm-hmm don't really do you know don't really uh enjoy what you're doing so i I definitely hope to be there within a year or so for a full time man that's great and you do all your youtube videos like ad free and stuff like that right 
Yeah, yeah. Turn off the ads because I, I just don't really like the influence of what the ads right. do. It kind of makes you kind of conform to the popular recipe of, you know, the clickbait stuff, the tips and tricks and all that kind of stuff. And to me, that feel that makes it feel like work. Um, I'd rather kind of go sort of the, the path less traveled and kind of see where that ends up. And it's it's been, I think, a, a much more rewarding process than just trying to go after all the views and, right. and all the stuff that comes with that. Because kind of like I said earlier, I'd rather just be kind of flying under the radar a little bit, doing what I love to do and uh, not really make it into work. So for me, that's that's kind of perfection right there. Yeah. It's, it must be fun working in the camera shop. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, so many different. I mean, you get access to all kinds of interesting things and meet all the reps and and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's definitely pretty good. And actually, that's how I uh, was initially uh, selling the the cameras on eBay for a lot of the local photographers because they'd come okay. into the shop with okay. their with their cameras and like, hey, we need to sell this, and then they'd say, hey, talk to Ben, he'll eBay them for you. So, so you know, good good connections and stuff like that as well. That's awesome. I feel like a lot of people forget that if you, by you turning your ads off on your YouTube channel, I don't think there's any monetization then through like YouTube itself, right? Like, I yeah, don't think there's any. I, I get way. next to nothing. I have uh, some older videos that I haven't turned the ads off oh, um, okay, just because okay. it takes a lot of work to go all the way back through them. Yeah. All oh, yeah, for sure. But, but by and large, it makes maybe a dollar or two a month. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it every two, barely, yeah. barely. Yeah. So I, I, I depend completely on the people that, you know, uh, send voluntary contributions and stuff. And I think I just end up with a much sort of higher quality audience of people that are more into it and they're kind of more right. behind the whole story of it as opposed to just, you know, looking to I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a different sort of vibe, different sort of audience. Yeah. Um, and I, I definitely do, do appreciate that. Yeah. See, I, I find that really cool because along with, you know, just like everything you just said that you get, you know, the trolls, the, this, yeah. the that people, yeah. you know, people always think like that if you're doing YouTube and you're successful at YouTube, that it is, you know, it's a crime. You know, I see people right. tear all kinds of YouTube channels that I've watched, you know, throughout the years of just being like, oh, man, you did an ad for this. And it's just like, but it's like, man, you know how much knowledge, like how much stuff that you've given for free? You know what I mean? Oh, just yeah. To yeah, the yeah, yeah. It, it always it always just kind of bums me out when people get all kind of crazy about that stuff. And it's nice because I, I avoid pretty much all that stuff. The, the downside yeah, is the yeah. channel is extremely slow to grow. I mean, it mm. grows at a snail's pace. But that, I secretly right. kind of like that because, again, I don't want to have like this huge channel and all the stuff that kind of comes yeah, with it. So, yeah. so right. it's kind of a, a win-win kind of a thing for, for the way I do things. Doing it for all yeah. the right reasons. Nice. It's just cool that, that, that you have a community around you that, you know, kind of helps you grow and right. you, know, you have yeah. people that contribute. Like, I mean, we feel the same with like our Patreons and stuff mm -hmm. like that. It's just, it's, it's pretty cool to be in a realm where you can make stuff and people appreciate it, you know? Yes. Oh, for sure. It's cool. Yeah. It's, it's incredibly rewarding uh, to know that, you know, all, all the work that we kind of put into this sort of stuff that, you know, there's people that, that appreciate, that enjoy it, that look forward to it. And it's, it is kind of a testament to what's possible these days on the positive side with all the social media stuff and being able yeah. to put stuff out there. Um, but I think it's, it's definitely, uh, it can be very rewarding. But uh, definitely also, you know, it's it's a lot of work, you know, this it's stuff right. isn't free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Well, come on. You mean Fuji's not sending you boxes of film for free? Uh, <laughs> uh, they have they have not yet. No, yeah. <laughs> not yet. Fuji, get on it. So, yeah, we we break off and we ask our guest kind of the two camera questions, which I'm I'm kind of interested to know what we, we call it. Uh, the Desert Island camera. Is there a camera that you would take with you? Um, you can only choose one of your one of your cameras for the rest of your life. On this desert island, there is like a film lab and all that stuff, <laughs> an unlimited amount of film. But uh, which uh, what camera would you would you take with you? I would I would take my my Arca Swiss eight by ten. It's just kind of what I know. Uh, it's <laughs> it's a good all around camera. Just, just so long as yeah, just so long as I can uh, you know have the film, get it processed, and everything. 
uh, there's some, there's something kind of nice about it. And so, yeah, I would, I just take my main camera and let that be the one. Good answer. But okay. Yeah. So the part two, I'm, I'm now I'm very curious to know since you don't shoot any other formats or, you know, really much anything, but the eight by 10, we have the white whale camera. Is there a camera that you've kind of lusted after for, for a while that you, that you don't have that you want, that you've always wanted kind of like, we call it the white whale. Is, is there one of those out there? Honestly, there there isn't. I mean, it, it might sound strange, but I think that's one of the reasons why I do enjoy working with film because, I mean, the Arca Swiss I'm using right now, I honestly could see myself using that camera for the rest of my life. I would have said the same thing about the Ebony, but it got destroyed. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just there really isn't any any other camera out there that I'm just wishing I had or could work with. I'm just super, super happy with the Arca Swiss. So it's kind of nice to have that, you know, it's like if you have like the dream car, but it's like the car you're already yeah. driving. Mm. Yeah. It's nice. It's satisfying. And I think that's something that kind of comes with, with film, which is, which is kind of cool. I'm always jealous of the guests who are like, no, I'm good. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's nice. I gotta say it is nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. There's, there's really something about that though. Like I, I kind of long for that in a mm-hmm. way, like I've said that it just that the collection's getting out of control and just when I think that I have everything I need, something else, like something ridiculous, like the last camera I got was just like, it was like almost a gift. You know what I mean? Like it was that cheap and affordable to pick up a camera that I've wanted for a while that I had before that I needed back. And it's just like, do I even need it? You know, I have I have cameras that are way better than that one, but I needed it. You know, it's just it's <laughs> such a, it's an endless game of, I mean, I, I guess that's you know why I'm hosting a podcast about film photography because I have issues <laughs> yeah we have an addiction yeah that's why yeah. I don't sell anything anymore because I just always want yeah, I'm it back done. I'm like done. <laughs> yeah I mean that, that is one of the nice things about I, I think just by sticking with just the 8x10 is that I don't want another camera to store and haul around mm-hmm. I'm 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 good I'm good with the one it does the job and and so I, I'm super happy with it so yeah that's I think the one thing that kind of comes with the territory which is kind of cool Man, great. This has been awesome. Ben, thank you so much for joining us. We're so glad we finally got you on. Awesome. It's been fun. I I really appreciate it. So where can everybody check you out online? Uh, So on the Instagram. I feel like I have to say the Instagram. (laughs) Uh, Ben Horn photo on there. Uh, Twitter, Ben Horn. And on YouTube, just search for me, Ben Horn. Uh, You'll find me on there. Cool. And Timothy, what about you? Guys, I'm on Instagram at Timothy Makeups. I also make film photography related YouTube videos. Just go to the search bar. It's the easiest way to find it. Type in my name or type in Timothy.makeups. Either or both work. And uh, yeah, I have some stuff there, some older stuff. I have something that's kind of on the camera that I need to get off the camera and get off my butt and work on it. And that'll be up. And yeah, that's where I'm at. Chris, where are you? So I am Chris B. Photo on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We are Analog Talk Pod on Twitter and Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. And we have a Facebook page and a group you can join. Oh, also... We have Ooh. an announcement. We have to announce our print exchange. Yeah, so, I'm guys, we're, do- we're doing our second annual four by six print exchange. So, last year we had so many of you guys sign up. I think it was like over a hundred people and like twenty seven different countries. We want to do that again for the holidays. This time we're going through Elfster, so everybody's going to get mapped through that website. The link is right now in our Instagram bio, and of course, I'm going to be pushing it out everywhere until the deadline, which is November thirtieth. So, yeah. Hope you guys can sign up again because that was super fun. Yeah. All right, Ben. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been a blast. Awesome. Bye, guys. See you in the next one. First off, we want to thank Ben for being on the show. You are one of the most listener-requested guests we've had so far. So we had so much fun talking with you, picking your brain about YouTube, large format, you know, landscape photography, all that fun stuff. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Guys, that's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. We have a bunch of tiers over there. We have like a little early bird special. On Tuesdays, we release the show a day early. So there's that. There's a bunch of other tiers. Check it out. If it's something that you're interested in, sign up. Every little bit helps. And thanks to all the patrons that already support the show. So guys, until next week, we'll see you soon. Later.